Hello and welcome to the Irish Arsenal Gunner podcast. It's Tuesday the 18th of January. I'm your host as always, Jonathan Giles. On this week's show, I'm joined by my regular guests and Arsenal season ticket holders, John Mania and Eamon Donnelly. How are you, lads? Eamon and Johnny. Eamon, Jonathan. Eamon, Eric. Here you're over in Sweden there. Tonight we're joined by a new guest and uh, American uh, side of things, uh, Eric Shadowins. Uh, how are you, Eric? Good, thanks for having me. Hopefully the force of many, <laughs> or <laughs> the force and last, maybe, depending on how the next half or hour or so goes. But it's uh, nice of you to join us uh, from uh, Stockholm, I believe. So uh, thanks for taking time, Eric, tonight for uh, uh, joining us on the show. On tonight's show, we'll be reviewing our nil all draw with Liverpool in the Carabao Cup Force leg. Um, we'll also be previewing the forthcoming second leg, which is this Thursday night uh, at home against Liverpool, all going well. Uh, COVID and injury free, obviously, um, after the cancellation of Sunday's uh, North London Derby against Boers. We'll also be previewing our upcoming Premier League fixture against Burnley at home this Sunday um, a two o'clock kickoff. Um, and as far as I know it isn't being televised um, at all but um, we'll confirm that at the end of the show um, and also uh, we'll be talking uh, some tra- January transfer news and as in the last hour or two uh, say a class match has gone on loan and on, a, on an 80 month loan deal to um, French League one side Marseille and we'll be talking about um the loan watch feature, what we normally do as well with the players that we haven't loaned. So um, that's coming up at the end of the show. So I hope you like the next half hour or so. So we'll dig into into it as always. Um, you can catch our show just before we start. Sorry, you can catch our show on SoundCloud and Spotify, and you can catch out our episodes going back as far as March on SoundCloud and also on Spotify. So uh, tomorrow, listeners, tomorrow, the merrier, as we should all say. Um, so we begin with last Thursday's um, nil all draw at Anfield in the Carabao Cup semi-final first leg. Um, of course, the main talking point was uh, Granit Xhaka getting sent off. Um, quite annoying, really. Again, it had to be him to be sent off. But look, it was a tackle he had to be made. I think Jota made the most of it. But um, I think if Jota was one on moment. Ramsdale, it probably would have been a goal. So in, in hindsight, I think it was a good good tackle to make, but it killed the game as a spectacle really after that, I think. But the way we defended in the second half was really courageous. Um, I thought the players put their bodies on the line when they needed to and made look Liverpool very ordinary. And to get a nil all draw and to come out with not conceding a goal at Anfield, I thought was um, quite remarkable down to 10 men as well. But I thought it was a really, really good um, defensive display in the second half and totally deserved to get the draw out of it. Um, I don't want to come to John Mealy. What did you make of the match uh, last Thursday, John? Um, I predicted that both sides would put out probably the, the strongest team they could have, and I think that was that proved. Um, I, I thought the, the sending off was really unfortunate because I thought the game was opening up, but for about the five minutes beforehand, it was really going end to end. Both sides were going for the win. And I thought we were in for a cracking cup match. Um, the Arsenal fans were outstanding. I mean, you could hear them in the opening stages and they matched everything that Anfield threw at them. And I thought we were going to be in for a cracking cup match. Um, to send it off, 
be brutally honest, it was a sending off. But we were caught out. We were pressing high. We were trying to win the ball back in the Liverpool half. And in fairness to, uh, to uh, Shaka, he saw the danger. He tracked you off the back. Now, this is something myself and Eric have spoke about a number of times. We need someone more athletic there. He jogged back. He knew where Yoda was, but he didn't have that tone of pace just to, to match him side by side. I think if he if he had, he would have easily won the header and just knocked it away or maybe even knocked it back to Ramsdale. Um, even after that, he had an option of letting the ball go over his head and trying to react to the touch because Yoda still had a difficult job trying to, trying to control that. And he still had Ramsdale to be. It wasn't a foregone conclusion, John, that it was going to be a goal. And Shaka would have been able to react to the the attempted control of the ball from Yotte. But he made the he made his decision, made a complete earth of it, and got sent off. Um I'm not gonna criticize him too heavily. He was doing his job. He was he was backing up the left back and Gabriel. If you want to criticize anyone, maybe Gabriel was pressing too high. But um, I'm not going to criticize, I'll probably criticize Shaka too much. He made a decision, didn't come off, sending off. But after that, what a back to the wall performance. It was outstanding. Um, I fell for Eddie. I mean, he, he was the one sacrificed so we could bring on the tour tenth and a half. And that turned out to be a great decision to play with three at the back. Um, I don't think Holding particularly covered himself particularly well in his previous game against Forrest. But with the two other centre-halves behind side him, I thought the three centre-halves was absolutely superb. Ben White in the night was fantastic. I thought Lacazette led the team, never mind the never mind the, 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 the line. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And he was ably assisted by Saka and Martinelli. And everybody else in fairness was playing a fantastic shit. Um, the limit Liverpool still officially one shot on target when they're down to 10 men in a club semi-final at Anfield um, says a lot. And the best chance of the game, Minamino, that picture of Ben White laughing his head off. Um, you just one of those ones you want to get framed and signed. Um, a really, really fantastic uh, defensive performance. Um, set up for a, an exciting night on Thursday night at the Emirates if the game goes ahead. Yeah, it's just before I move on to Eamon, um, it's just I think Shaq hit. Where the red card was concerned, John, he had a quick glance out with Ramsdale running out, and I think he just said, "It was just a split session. Look, I have to take him out here because I think he's on it. You know, I think he's on to go in and score. You know, I think he just had a quick glance at Ramsdale running out. That's when he decided to um, clean out. Really, at it. Um, Amy, what do you what did you make of the match? Well, I disagree slightly on the sending off. I thought. Um, Jacka, um, I, I, I get John's point about him not being athletic enough to, to cover that. I actually thought he got himself into a bad position. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think, you know, um, he probably, um, he knew where the danger was. And I think if, he, if he'd have just forgot about kind of playing a line and got on his shoulder, I think the option of the ball in the first place, wouldn't have, wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to pick him out. Right, so I just think that, and because he's not natural in that position, and um, he did the hard bit by actually being in the proper area of the pitch. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he, I think he could have got touched tight, which would have cut out the pass. Uh, on the tackle itself, I, I wouldn't share your view, Jonathan, that he decided he had to do that. He was looking clearly at the ball, 
Um, and he literally, in a spin, threw his leg up in the hope of getting the ball. Now, if anything, it might have been misjudged yeah. rather than, I don't think he went to take the man because I think he would have known the consequences. Um, Do you think it was Jota's pace? Got, you know, Maybe, but again, if you're covering in that position and there's no off, there's only, you see, Jota was the only man forward in that position. So there's no need for an offside line. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. You get t- if you get touched tight to him, um, because Jota can't sprint um, because he sprints into an offside position. So I think Jacket could have got a bit more touch tight and touch the option yeah. of the pass wouldn't have been on. Right? That's yeah, the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. number, number two, um, everybody says, yeah, it's a sending off. I wouldn't have, you know, I, I would have been probably screaming at the other end if it, if it had been us for a sending off. But I look at Johnny Evans uh, against us, um, which was more of a sending off. And again, basically, we have got absolutely ridden with decisions this season. You know, um, and I spoke last week about Tommy Esser's kick in the face um, uh, the assault by MacArthur. The Johnny Evans was another one where the Man City got uh, defender got sent off the same day, right? Um, and Johnny Evans took. I think it was Saka, was it? Uh, you know, he took oh, yeah. him clean out. He, he he took him clean out. So um, no argument with the sending off. But if he hadn't been sent off, um, I think that there are other tackles uh, that didn't get that type of punishment this season. And of course. You wear the Granite Jacket badge, you get Granite Jacket treatment in much the same way as Matthew Flamini did. Yeah, many times did you see Matthew Flamini make one kind of a industrial tackle and he was straight into the yellow card where Paul Scholes could do it all day, right? So, again, um, I think Ramsdale didn't help. Uh, I think he was indecisive. And uh, I think um, he's usually vocal. I didn't, I didn't think that was his best moment. In relation to the rest of the game, uh, we were brave. But do you know what? Apart from the heroics, um, by limiting them to one shot, we were actually quite good on the ball. In so far as, and there was a few times, you know, in that game where probably because we were a bit leggy, we nearly got the ball out to Martinelli and he was away on a hack. Out on the left-hand side, a few times, you know, just that... A, a finer pass them. I thought what we tried to do on the counter-attack was very energetic. Um, Saka was put in beautifully. A bit of a heavy force touch. Could have lifted it over the keeper, you know. Um, but absolutely no complaints. I see. I, I was following uh, after the event some of the nonsense that, that goes up on Twitter, you know, and all this type of stuff. You know, in mid-game, I don't know how fellas watch the game if they're texting the whole time. I, I, I just don't get that, you know. But then, um, oh, we need a big name manager, and you know, uh, we're doomed, and we're that, and we're <laughs> you know, all this type of, all this type of carry on. You know, I mean, in the middle of a game, uh, and, and, you know what? That 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 game was an epitomized by Ben White in particular. Yeah, an absolute yeah, brotherhood of a performance in the most adverse circumstances, and uh, you could see um, it, it gave Klopp a sour puss, which I was delighted about. You know. Yeah. Um, we didn't have all that, you know, have to look at all that tilt polish and all of that type of thing. So, you know, um, 
second game, which which will go ahead, by the way. Uh, after all that we after all the punishment we took over the weekend, there's no way we're getting a cancellation uh, on, on Thursday. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a while. But um, uh, the second leg will be a different uh, a different ball game altogether. It's a bit like you know, <laughs> I'll finish one and let Eric in now. What I was saying afterwards, it just goes to prove that take their two worldies out and we're as good as they are, right? Yeah. Now, that's a bit like saying Chelsea, the year of the Invincibles, were as good as the Arsenal. It would be talking about where camping on, right? You know, but, uh, you know, um, I, I think the point that I've made, uh, I think our squad is as good as theirs. Um, and, the, you know, the removal of um, Mane and Salah brings them, pegs them back to our level, I think, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was... Uh, it was a good throwback, you know. Yeah, I thought after the 4 0 thump we had in November, we wanted to go out and show ourselves. And I think the lads really did really more than good after the record, yeah. Um, now, with the American side of things, uh, Eric, what did you make of the match? Yeah, uh, so I, I think obviously the big talking point is the red card that, that we've gone over a lot. Um, I think interestingly, the, the Ramsdale point makes a lot of sense to me where he sort of got caught in between. Uh, and instead of going for it, he, he held back, which then I think meant he went for everything the rest of the match. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that that was, that was certainly a, um, a point where Shaka got caught out and he had to make a choice. He either uh, had to try to win the ball, um, in which case he risked a red card, and that's what he ended up doing. Uh, I was sort of disappointed he left his feet. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, to John's point, that it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion he was going to score. And I, I think he he could have stayed on his feet and tried to manage the situation a bit more. And, you know, I, I take the point that it didn't have to be a red card. I just think when, you're, when your foot gets that high, you, you yeah. sort of know what you're, what you're running the risk <laughs> of. Uh, so... So I think I think ultimately, like you can't really have complaints on the red card, though. So I take the point that that Amo made. I mean, it's it's the harshest possible decision we could have gotten there, um, and and certainly, you know, that's that's what ended up happening. Uh, outside of that, I, I thought everything good we did going forward went through Saka. After that, he he really um, was the person that provided technical security. Uh, so that when the ball came out, he was the one who provided any sort of possession and relief uh and and then you know obviously he had the one big moment that it's too bad he took a heavy touch but but certainly could have could have added to uh to his tally there so you know to to my mind i think i think the defensive performances are, are the big one uh i mean the amount of running martinelli put in was was significant it, it was really serious stuff i mean he looked dead on his feet after the match uh, so probably probably best that we didn't have, have the match over the weekend anyway, but uh, but I, I think I think you know credit credit to the team even even the guys like Holding who came in and and you know probably is at his best when when he's sitting in a deep block and and just focused on clearing the ball. Uh, I think I think he he really helped to kind of solidify things, keep keep everything in front of them, uh, and and overall you know as far as performances go, once you're down to ten men. Uh, it, it sort of is what it is. You have to keep it tight. But we've also, I think, uh, criticized the team uh, previous to this for for maybe not keeping it tight when going down to ten men. So it it was good to see uh, kind of the the effort there and the and the organization. 
but but to John's point, it's disappointing. I, I thought we were in for a really serious match. Uh, yeah, you know, up to the point of the red card. Um, I think what's what's actually really interesting is is we tried to repress them, right? We we actually really focused in on pressing them high, and that's where their goal comes from uh, because they broke the press and we didn't have anybody to stop uh, the long ball over top, and then they were able to hit us on the counter. Uh, but but I think I think the the energy levels of both teams was was really high, and it would have been a great game uh, w- without the red. Yeah, it's very rare that. We go to Anfield and uh, you don't see any goals being scored. I don't know when the last time there was a no-no at Anfield, but um, yeah, that definitely the the red card ruined the game as a whole, really, as a, as a competitive um, first getting anything out of it. But um, look, to come out of Anfield at all in in a first leg of a cup competition, uh, I would have bit your hand off. You know, if we were given that at the start game, you said we'd be down to ten men before half time. You know, so that brings us nicely into. <coughs> The uh, preview now of uh, Torsi's second leg, which is live on Sky Sports, of course, uh, quarter to eight kickoff. Um, being at the Emirates, you'd assume that we'll beat Liverpool. Um, it's going to be a tough game. It won't. There won't be any rollover. That's for sure. But. Um, I'd be very confident, confident of us beating them if it did go to extra time or penalties. That we'll get through it. Um, I can see us winning two 0 Um, Liverpool are no great shakes, you know. Um, I think they, fi- I think they failed. <laughs> I think, I think they're suffering from the January blues like ourselves at the moment. <laughs> uh, I think they'll get a cove about in the next two days, and they'll be down to sixteen, seven year olds in uh, no, I can see it's going through, lads. Um, you probably won't see me on the show next week if you got hammered towards it. But um, no, I'd be very confident of get, us getting through over the over the ninety minutes or extra time. I don't want to go to aim and what what do you think? Well, um, aside of not being no great chance, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to sending you off to confession. Um, look, it's it's got. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a different game, and cup football is different, right? Um, it's not like a league game, so uh, I'd expect Arsenal to be a bit more cagey than say go, going after because we're not we're not chasing a deficit. I think we need to let the game play out and balance because, um, as I say, if you take Mane and Salah out of that team, you've got a lot less worry about being absolutely speared on the counter-attack, right? That's yeah, the, that's thing. the second thing is, and it depends on who's playing, Jonathan. The second thing is, <laughs> it depends on who we have in midfield, but their midfield, you see, without Salah and, and, and Mane, their midfield is not that creative, right? Torsi, Jordan yeah. Henderson, Jordan Henderson will get up and down and, you know, he'll do right or over stuff and he's neat and tidy and... Yeah. But without Thiago Alcantara, they don't have a slicer opener type of guy, you know. So yeah. they tend to rely on a quick counter to to Mane and Salah, who you know are, are capable of. They're capable of picking the ball up in the most innocuous positions and creating danger in a second or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be more of a chess game than what we were seeing in the first fifteen minutes up in Anfield. Where it was, 
uh, helter skelter. I mean, going back to Anfield, I mean, if, if Inketia scores, Zaka doesn't get sent off, you know. Um, but look, it, it really depends on what type of personnel we have. My information, by the way, is that um, Smith Rowe and Tommy Yasu have a real chance, you know. Um, that would help. That would really help, you know. Um, central midfield, Odegaard should be back, you know. Um, central midfield, we're, we're light. So, but, you know, we, 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 we face different challenges and uh, we, have a, we, have a, we have a chance. We have a real chance. Um, but I wouldn't yes. probably be as, um, uh, as upbeat as yourself, uh, Jonathan. But we have a real chance. <laughs> Mr. You know? um, if we can avoid going 6 0 down in the first 15 minutes, I think we're <laughs> in for the show. You know? The Arteta Out Brigade will be being called, no doubt, after the first half. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure they have your number. <laughs> yeah, if, Ram- if Ramsey doesn't get my man of the match, we're in trouble. Um, John, how do you see Thursday night's game going? It's going to be tough. Well, I, I definitely think it's going to be tougher than you do. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm, I'm thinking 1989, that's... <laughs> um, looking at the... We brought a couple of kids back from loan. Aziz has played midfield for Portsmouth all season, but I'll be amazed if he starts him in this yeah. game. Um, I, I, I actually think we might go three at the back. Um, Odegaard may play a midfield with the Conga and then Saka, Lacazette and Martinelli again up front. Um, so I won't be surprised to see three centre-halves playing back and, and play the two wing-backs. He's done it before when we won the Cup and it worked out well. Um, I think again, it'll be a game and I think it'll be uh, uh, more of a cagey game. As I said, the, the, the beginning of that game in Anfield, I thought it was going to be an end-to-end game. It's set up that way. I, I really thought we were in for a, a classic Cup match. This is a one-off game now. Both sides will be a little bit cagey. Liverpool won't want to go to extra time and penalties. Um, Fairness, I don't think Arsenal wanted to go to extra time and penalties either. But I think it'd be a very, very a much more uh, cagey game. Uh, I agree with Eamon on that one. Um, it'd be great if we got Tammy Arsenal back. It'd be great if we got Smith Rowe at least available to be on the bench. Um, I think it'd be uh, a, 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 an interesting watch. I don't think it'd be the exciting gung-ho game I thought we were in for at Anfield. Um, they still pack. They still have danger. Liverpool can still press teams off the pitch. They mightn't have the cutting edge of Sané and Mane, but they're still a dangerous side. So um, I, I look forward to watching it. See what happens. Um, I think we, you know, it, it, <laughs> I, I want to say we're going to win it. I'd love to see us doing it, but I definitely don't think it's going to be as easy as you think, so Danny. There's one thing that we always get when we watch Arsenal Liverpool, and that's entertainment and goals. Um, Eric, how do you see how do you see Thursday night's game going? Do you see goals galore? So I think I think the, <laughs> the question is, is who's available? You know, like like that that is the overarching question. Like it's so hard to say, oh yeah, we're gonna play this way when I don't even know other than Lakonga who who we have to play in the midfield. So. You know, if it's Lakonga and Ben White, yeah, we'll probably be very cagey. If it's Lakonga, Smith Rowe, and Odegaard, we might be a bit more adventurous. So it, it, it's it's a bit difficult to say. I th- I do think that one of the things that I had totally forgotten before Thursday about the League Cup is that there's five subs. So I could I could definitely see a more conservative approach to start and then open it up uh, with yeah. some attacking subs towards the end, uh, d- sort of depending on how the match goes. So so I I would. I would tend to believe that that a KG start is is at least in line, and then um, 
you might see a frantic last 30 minutes uh, as, as both teams certainly don't want to go to the extra time. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think selection is, is the big question. Who, who's actually healthy? Who can play for 90 minutes? Uh, you know, all, all of those things will, will play a, a pretty huge role here, uh, considering, you know, presumably we didn't actually have enough players uh, for, for this previous weekend. Now, as always, as we're previewing games, we always have to get a prediction. And as always, they're always very optimistic ones. Uh, I'm going with 2-0. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to John, your uh, prediction. I predict I'm going to watch the match and I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> That's a very conservative approach. Yeah, it is. Exactly. <laughs> Eamon, as optimistic as you always are, I assume you're going for a, a mad result. Well, you know, I mean, the, the way they were talking about us um, <laughs> after the weekend, I think the, you know, Sky Sports are wishing the bubonic plague on on the Arsenal squad. Um, no, I I think my my prediction is uh, I hope Ramsdale, if he's in goal, um, is practicing and saving penalties. <laughs> um, Eric, I know your prediction is that we had having eleven to field on the night, but what's the score prediction? <laughs> I I agree with him. Oh, I think it's going to penalties. Uh, I, I think I think we're living dangerous now, lads. This is one one going to penalties. That that's that's sort of where I see this. So you don't see well, going, like nineteen eighty nine where Mickey Thomas gets off the bench and scores in the last one. <laughs> I won't be Mickey Thomas. You never know. There might be a place in the bench from yet where he's going. <laughs> Thomas! We'll do it again. There yeah, we go. <laughs> That's Over a good looking ball by Dixon to Smith. There goes Thomas charging to the two in the field. Thomas! It's up for grabs now! Yay! Brian Moore, move aside. We've got our very own Eamon Dandier in the mic. Yeah. <laughs> now, with that out of the way, and we're all going for an Arsenal win, in hindsight, we'd probably be talking about defeat. But uh, all roads lead to Wembley, of course, the end of February, and hopefully we'll be um, underneath the Wembley Earth in the day. Uh, Chelsea have already made the final. They beat Spores, thank God. Uh, and that's going to be a tough final because uh, Chelsea, are, as we know, are always good in finals. So be a great, be a great uh, final anyway, either way. But um, hopefully we're in that come the end of February, and we'll be reviewing that on next week's show. So fingers crossed that uh, we got through against Liverpool on Thursday night. Um, that brings us to uh, the preview of Sunday's uh, Premier League game. I'll go well against Burnley at home. Uh, two o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Um, Burnley's game tonight has been cancelled again um, due to, I think, injuries and COVID, obviously. Um, they have five games as it stands in hand. Um, I can't see the game on Sunday being postponed because they just have a backlog of games. Um, the last time we met Burnley was back in September. Um, Martin Odegaard, Odegaard scored a cracking uh, free kick to win to win the game one 0 Um, I can like <laughs> Burnley are there for the take, and I think I think they they in my opinion I think they'd be relegated. I think they've gone the season one too far, not investing in the squad and relying on the same. 11, 12 players to get them through to safety. So I can see us winning that one quite comfortably on Sunday. Um, I'll go to Eric this time. How do you see the game going on Sunday, Eric? Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I think this is a match that Arsenal should win. 
uh, and should win comfortably. I think it's one that we, we need to start strong in and try to blitz them early and kill the game off. Particularly, yeah. um, you know, after Burnley's gone and sold their, their main striker uh, over to Newcastle, unless they're they're going to reinvest before Sunday. I, I, th- I just think that it's a team that lacks goals and lacks threat. And this is a match that Arsenal needs to go go to win and go to dominate um, and, and really push them back and, and take a lot of shots. So that that would be that would be the way I, I see this match going is, is Arsenal really uh, going big in the first half to try to kill the game off early. Yeah, I can see the high press, Ken and Burnley. Yeah, and we've got the pace against Burnley as well. Yeah, um, John, how do you see the game going on Sunday? Yeah, I agree with Eric. Um, it's a game we should win. It's a game we should win comfortably. It's a game I I I want to see her start on the front foot, push them back, and keep them back. Get her foot on their throats and keep her there. Um, this team is well capable of doing that to this Burnley team. This is um, Burnley has slowly but surely as the, the the last few seasons have just got worse and worse. There's um, very few goals in this team. They got a great price for their striker who hasn't scored a hell of a lot of goals in the season and um, would go to Newcastle. Um, I don't know who they're going to bring in that's better than him before Sunday. You never know, could surprise us. Mm. But it's a game we, we should be looking to win comfortably by a couple of goals. Yeah, there, there, before I move on to him, there is one player that Burnley do possess, um, and he's done pretty well. He's he's a new sign to Maxwell Carney. Um, if he's fit, he he can cause causes problems. All right, he's got pace to Bourne. He can fairly finish a good goal as well. Uh, Eamon, how do you see the game going? Don't know about that, there, Jonathan. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually seeing it like the other guys. Um, Surprise, because surprise. I, th- I think it depends on how much we spill emotionally and physically on Thursday, right? Because, I mean, Jesus, if Burnley are playing, if, 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 they're, if they're not fresh, well, then Brennan's bread is a problem here, you know, because they haven't played since 1972, you know. Um, but <laughs> I agree, there's not a lot of golden in, but the one thing about Sean Dyke is um, he has this traditional. Tony Pulis, Arsenal don't like it up the philosophy. Yeah, I see. And yeah. physically, they will present a challenge to us, right? Um, you might remember uh, last year, uh, last season, uh, didn't Granit Xhaka get sent off? Um, and we were we were kind of dominating them without doing playing. too much. We were dominating them without them. Then they got a set piece and a waxy goal, and we just couldn't break them down. And they were very physically strong that day. Uh, I remember the season before. Uh, I think it was the opening home game of the season. Um, Danny Ceballos, uh played brilliantly. He was, we were saying, this guy is a genius. Like, yeah. um, But we still struggled to beat them. We struggled to beat them. We've struggled with them. Um, now, I think we're well capable of handling Burnley. Um, you, 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 you'd like to think that. But I just think that let's see where we are on Friday morning and what we have. Um, I, I, like I mean, if we, I mean, if, if looking at the way Burnley are getting games called off, they should be, you know, I don't know who they have either. But like COVID can't be that long. I mean, Jesus, like the number of COVID cases in the Premiership, um, is decreasing week on week now, right? A bit like over here. So, um, yeah. Look, you know, a, a straw poll in my head says. Yes, we'll go out and we'll dominate them and we'll do enough because 
we're, we're way better than them in that. But I just have a, a concern about where we land up emotionally and physically uh, come Friday morning. Yeah, they, they are, I agree with you, Eamon. They are a physical team, all right, Burnley. They try to kick us off the pitch, all right, but I think we'd, I think we'd have too much fun. Oh, they, leave, they leave something in, Jonathan. They, they, they're the they best do. They're the dirty team. They're leaving something in, you know. Tarkowski and me are a very good centre-back pair, but what Burnley lack is pace. They're very sluggish as a team. You know, there's no one there that can... They're good at set pieces, all right, but I can't... I honestly can't see a problem there. If you can't beat Burnley, well, Arteta has to walk, you know? I heard they um, signed Usain Bolt in the... Uh, <laughs> Arteta has... Can I come back on that last one? Arteta has to walk. <laughs> I, I'm saying I mean, that, of course. Sir, where, are we going, where, where are we going with this? Because, you know... You were the person to say is when you joined the show, I wanted to move. I mean, as I said, I heard some of this clamour for the big-name manager. Well, then, if you want the big-name manager, get Hassan Hiltel. There's 12 letters in that, you know? Eric, how, how do you see Arteta yourself? Are you, are you an Arteta man? I, I think I definitely have had, you know, significant concerns over, over his time because, you know, especially last season and, and early this season, we just haven't created enough chances, haven't scored enough goals. Uh, I would say I've been, you know, looking at the last uh, while and thinking we've seen promising signs, right? We're scoring more goals. We're taking more shots. Yeah. And just overall, we look like we look more likely to score goals. And that's progress. Now, um, you know, the devil is, is, is whether or not we can keep that going and whether or not we can be consistent in <laughs> chance creation. Right. And, and I think overall, uh, th- that's the big question. But but I think right now he's earned his way through the rest of the season uh, to, to show he can continue to do that, continue to score goals and create chances because we, we we've been pretty solid under him. We're, we're not giving up too, too many goals. And, yeah. and I think, I think the next step in progression in the, in the team is to, is to create enough chances to finish in the top four and, and, you know, then kick on from there. So I, I, I think what I've seen this season is, is positive progression and, and hopefully it continues. Actually, and, uh, Jonathan, just to say this here, like, the, 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 leave, leave aside the keyboard warriors, right? The, um, <laughs> the, the, the fans in the ground see a lot. And I have to say to you, right, um, the connection between the team and the fans this year is the strongest I've seen in years. Absolutely years. So, I mean, somebody somewhere is sensing that something's going on. There, there, there's, there's something happening at the Arsenal. The dynamic of the team has changed. The the age profile has changed, right? And we're gonna we're gonna cough up awful performances like Nottingham Forest yeah. every now every now and then. Yeah. But I, I think if you want to take stock of where we are, I just did a mental note because I was assuming um, Seven Sisters FC would beat us at the weekend if the game went ahead, given that we'd no players, right? I was working off that assumption, and that would have given them. A potential seven-point advantage if they won their games in hand, right? Now they're two games in hand that are away from home. You see, they played ten at home and an eight away. And then I just looked at you'd be left with even if you were seven points behind them, you had a seventeen-game foot race to the end of the season, right? They still have to go to Man United, Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. They still have to go to them places. We've been to all them by Chelsea. No? Being honest, I think the biggest threat aiming is not Spurs. I think it's West Ham to fourth place. No, West, have, Ham. West Ham will run out of squad. Trust me. 
Absolutely. I mean, you could see that on Sunday. I don't, know. I don't know. I think they've got enough there, you know. They've had a good season, you know. Well, uh, there's a lot. Now, well, hold on, Jonathan. I'm going to ask know, you. You know, I, I, I don't see sports. Let me ask you this question. Given, given your reckless comment about our Leeds United are struggling badly at the moment. And Leeds United could have beaten West Ham by five at the weekend. Because I watched the game. Leeds are pretty, like, it's attack minded, isn't it? Like, they, they ship goals. It's we score, you yeah. score type. Yeah. Well, West Ham are really poor. They've no striker, Jonathan. Antonio's a winger, you know. Yes, yes. I don't know. I just think, I just think West Ham are a dark horse. You know, I, I know they're still in Europe and all, and maybe that might uh, take them away from that. But I, I still think they're the ones to watch out for. I do. They're I do think. Squad. Trust if, me. I, if I, I just come, yeah, in, go I, ahead, Ernie. Like, go ahead. I, I, I do think it's important that we don't discount United in this. I don't think United's any good, but they have a lot of individual <laughs> oh, talent, absolutely. and they're going to score goals. <laughs> don't and, ever mention that name on this show. <laughs> but, but I, I, I think, I think honestly, like it, it's, um, it, it is one of those things where, where you know, to discount any any one of those, uh, I think is probably foolish at this point in the season. But what I will say is that. Um, you know, one of the big and most promising things that I've seen over the last month or so from Arsenal is we've had a real intent in the way we've played and pressed. And I think if we if we continue to do that, um, you know, you're going to continue to see high chance creation because we have serious athletes up front that uh, have paced the burn, real engines to them. You know, Martinelli runs everywhere. Soccer runs everywhere. And, and I think energy, more, energy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I, I've been really kind of, I don't know if, if uh, why it took Arteta maybe so long to get to this point, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the way we're playing now with the real intent and energy. And I, and I think yeah. that that's where the, that connection that Amo is talking about is really stemming from is we're yeah. playing with real personality. And, yeah. and to my mind, I think that that's, that's the most promising thing I've seen and the most promising development this season. And and why I think we you know we have a real chance at, at top four uh, because I, I I think if we continue to play like that we're going to score goals uh, and give ourselves a shot. I think as well, Eric, um, and as well, uh, Eamon and John, it was the New Year's Day game against City. It was the intensity that we started with against City, pushing them back, and I think City didn't think that we'd come out as strong like that, and we did panic them. I think on the day, and I think that. We deserve to lose the draw, you know, and maybe even that penalty. Obviously, that should have been given on an autograph. But I, I, I do believe that that's that's the signs of there is something there, you know, to work on against when we come against the big teams, you know, um, and hopefully we use that uh, with the games against Chelsea, Liverpool, and United over over the course of the end of the season, you know, and try and match the big teams and show that we even intend next season that we can challenge for the top four, you know. Um so we're all going for a win anyway on Sunday that's against Burnley. So that's another optimistic note. Um on to <laughs> the transfer generally transfer uh window. Uh of course we already know that Ainsley Maitland Niles and Fonan Balligan who went to Middlesbrough last week have left us on loan. Um and tonight say a class and I just gone on an 18 month loan. And that's probably the end of his career at Arsenal. Um, I don't think anyone really rated him highly, you know. Um, more of a squad player than anything. But um, as John said earlier on in the show, a few young lads have come back. Um, 
again, and on the throw this out to you, um, I started with Eric since you're new on this, Eric. Uh, our chances of getting Deuce and Vlahovic off Fiorentina, can you see that happening in, in, in this transfer window or in the summer, do you think? It's it's so hard to tell. It's, it sounds like there's a lot of noise and a lot of agent nonsense happening in the background. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to say. I I would say it's, it's highly unlikely uh, that we're going to do that in January. I, I It doesn't sound like, uh, you know, he's going to move this, this month uh, from, from all the sounds that, that are coming out of his camp. Um, I think, you know, it's potential in the summer, but I, I think also, you know, there's a good chance that uh, we reevaluate in the summer and, and potentially go, go with somebody else. Um, so, I, you know, there's, there's been talk, talk of David from, uh, from Lille, uh, uh, among others, so Isaac. Uh, so, so I think that there's. I, I just can't imagine that we're going to shell out sixty, seventy million in January um, on the player yeah. line and, and actually see it move. Uh, it, it just it doesn't happen very often in January. So, uh, I, I'm I, I'm hopeful. Uh, it'd be nice to see. <laughs> I, I think if we could add a striker that's that's adding goals goals to the team, it would potentially really put us over the edge uh, for top four. But but certainly, you know, as you think about, uh, you know, what Lacazette's doing, an upgrade there uh, in terms of goal scoring would, would be pretty significant because he, he's been good otherwise, but he's, he's not taking a lot of shots um, and whatnot. So if we could add a few more goals to the team from that spot, that'd be great. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it, how it plays out. Amen. We were saying last week about Fonner and Balogun, uh, a little move to the Championship would toughen, up, toughen them up. Do you think the move to Middlesbrough will do that? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, getting off a bus in Middlesbrough would do that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. By police escorts. Yeah, last week, Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, even 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 looking at the the, the train departure now it was barred to Middlesbrough. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think it will. I think it will. But on on Vlasovic, um, no chance, no chance of him coming. You not think so? No. No, his agents are playing a game. Um, I, I, and my information, uh, and I only get the same information as the but the ones I watch are uh, Charles Watts and uh, and Arnstein. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal would pay the money in January. They want them. Um, we don't want to come, or else his agents don't want him to come because they see uh, a bigger windfall in the summer when he ha- when he when he can go into his golf bag and take a selection of clubs, and he know and he knows who's playing in the Champions League and all of that type of thing. Uh, he's not coming. Um, I actually want to be stuck with um, uh, feeling a bit of sympathy for a post-COVID Aubameyang and. Um, and trying to reintegrate him into the team, our squad. I don't, I don't see us getting a striker. Which is a bit of a loss, yeah, but January has always been a slow window, all right. Um, John, uh, say a class match has moved on to uh, Marseille, of course, tonight. Um, do you think that's the end of him at Arsenal? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 And if it's yeah. an 8 one contract, I, I'd be amazed if he comes back. Um, good luck to him. You know, he wasn't good enough. End of story. Good boy. Good luck. Learn for free. And again, you know, takes a huge chunk off the weight bill as well. So, thanks, somebody. Good boy. Good luck. Um, on the Balogun thing, I think it's a great move from Millsborough chasing 
promotion or chasing the very least the playoff spot. Um, so it won't be just an easy ride. He'd be expected to do things. He'd be expected to contribute. And I think it's a, 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 a terrific note for him. And hopefully he can get games. The main thing he has to do is get games and he has to prove himself now um, to be better than what they've got at Bills to get those games. And if he gets those games, I think he's going to come back to us a far, far better player. So that's a great move for him. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I'm looking actually, I was looking at Marseille, they were playing uh, Lille there on Sunday night in Sal- Saliba. Was at the back for them, and I'm really looking forward to him coming back to us. You know, he looks really that that move to uh, the low move at Nice last season, and and Marseille this season, he's strengthening up nicely. You know, um, can you see him as a future Arsenal centre back besides wider Gabriel? Well, I was really disappointed we didn't get to see him last summer, but the yeah. long day was done really, really early. Um, everything I've heard says he's definitely going to be back next summer, and he's definitely going to get a chance to prove him worth. So, as I said, I've seen a few of these French League games with Marseille. He has stood out. He has played well. Yeah. French League, not the Premier League, but he has played well. Yeah. So, uh, I just love to see him play a couple of games. Let's see what he's like in the Premier League. Let's see what he's like against yeah. English opposition. Let's see what he's like against, an, you know, an old-school English centre-forward. Let's see what he's like against that. Um, because he, if he gets into the Arsenal team, he will be targeted. Um, but you won't know until he's actually seen him. I'd love to see him, how yeah. he do it, and that kind of striker. Or, uh, he's a player I want to see back because it's very difficult to judge. I mean, it's always saying he's playing brilliant in the French League. Pepe played brilliant in the French League, but he struggled with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's get him in and let's have a look at him. You know, and they're also moving Pablo Mari on, so that I think that yeah, tells you enough. Available, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he hasn't played since um, the Chelsea game. Uh, Back in August, Murray. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's just sad. Really, it hasn't worked out for you know. But um, another one off the uh, the wage bill. Um, who do you think, um, lads, is a possibility of coming into us? Can you see any incomings at all? I think we've gone heavy on Vladovic. We really have. I think if it goes to the summer, we have no chance of getting them. I agree with Eamon. I think the agents are playing silly burgers. I think they're looking for a huge, you know. Uh, signing fee for themselves never mind for the player um from what i've read fiorentina wanted to do business and um, that is not opposed to the idea to come with the arsenal but the agents are looking for absolutely ridiculous sums um it'd be interesting to see if that happens i definitely if it doesn't happen in january i just don't see us getting them in the summer um he's the one player i've seen you know we've been heavily heavily linked with um i know the midfielder from juventus arthur um yeah. I don't think we're going to get him unless Juventus get a replacement in. So I like the idea of getting him in alone. I think we were linked with him when Mango was in charge, actually bringing him in here from Brazil before he went to it. Um, player I don't know an awful lot about, but um, midfield is definitely a spot I'd like to see or strengthen. Um, it'd be interesting to see. We've got, still got a couple of weeks, but then so is all the other clubs to strengthen. You might see a mad, crazy last week in January. <laughs> you see, you see, the closer it gets, Jonathan, to um, uh, you get over the Burnley game. You see, we've no game then for till the middle of February. Till falls on the tenth, just right, yeah. But I reckon is that when that is the tenth? Yeah, it? that's the tenth. It's on a it's on a Tuesday or Wednesday because the FA Cup is the weekend Thomas before. Yeah. Be and then he really sends the shivers I mean, no, up the, the, the point I'm making is he's a wage you're paying. 
Like, you know, yes. so... Yes. I'm, I'm not saying that that's the answer. What yeah. I'm saying is that, like, if, you, if you're just looking at, like, getting loan deals and getting, like, you get over Burnley, you've now game for two weeks. That's a lot of break. Yeah, I forgot about the break. Can you see Eric anyone coming in before the end of the transfer window? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I think, I think <laughs> Is you're optimistic at best here. I honestly think if if we go, <laughs> if we do anything, it, it will be either the Vlavich or uh, Arthur type of type of signing yeah. because you know there's there's been the connection. It just seems like those are getting less and less likely the longer they take. Uh, yeah. But who knows? I mean, I mean, stranger things have happened as you get towards the deadline. But but it it seems like the odds are certainly stacked against it. Um, you know the the and and I think I think that Emma's point is well taken there. Like at the point that uh, we get through the Burnley match, Shaka's back, uh, Elneny's back, uh, Party's back, and then you still have Lakanga. Um, yeah. You know, so from a depth standpoint. You know, you're you're not necessarily going to bring another person in and, and kill Lakonga's chances to to stay in the lineup either. So so realistically, I I think that you know you're you're probably looking at, at the team basically being what it is, um, uh, unless unless something changes on, on the striker front. I, I think that that's uh, the the likely place that we we would make a move if if something materializes. It just seems yeah. very unlikely that Fiorentina, who's fighting for a European place themselves is going to just sell their <laughs> record goal scorer who scored yeah. basically goals for fun for them uh, because, you know, they're going to get potentially an even bigger fee in the summer. So it, it just seems to me that, uh, that, you know, it'd be great. And, and I think we have some intent there, but uh, it just seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, fingers crossed. It'd be a manic two weeks, I say, um, from this week onwards till the January 24th. Um, just another thing before um, we wrap up the show. Um, uh, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang, uh, he was sent back to um, to Arsenal's medics. Uh, he has a heart problem, uh, seemingly. Um, what do you make of that? Do you think that was just to get out of the African Nations Cup, and or do you think that could be a serious problem, John? Um, I was reading uh, an interview with Steve Bruce. Obviously, they had COVID in Newcastle last season. Yeah, and he said there was a serious problem with players coming back who were who got serious bouts of COVID, and um, that was one of the issues. So this could be serious; it could be nothing. You won't know. Um, I don't think it's going to change his status at Arsenal at the moment. He's definitely out of favour. Um, might prove it difficult to move him on in the summer. If it's true. Um, time will tell. I hope it's not for his sake. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But the fact that Gabon. Who and he is the star player, he's the captain, he's the top scorer mm. of the AFCON, and they're sending them back. It makes you wonder, I don't think they'd send them back for no, for no good reason. Do you think, Eamon, um, if Vlahovic comes in in the summer, all going well, do you think that's the end of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's days at Arsenal? Well, well, I don't think Vlahovic is coming in the summer. That's the first thing. I think we can forget that because he's what you call him uh, that was always coming to us, uh, Benzema. You know, he's coming to us every season. We're going to get him when he's retired. But I think it's the end of Aubameyang anyway. Yeah, 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 I think so, yeah. I think you'd have a better chance of getting Jonathan David now than you would. 
Would you take Jonathan David off Lille? Yeah? I don't know because um, I, I, I'm not that well greased yeah. on him. Yeah, he had one good season, Eamon, when they won the league, but he hasn't lived up to the heights of... Um, well, that's a bit like Gandhi, isn't it? You know, the, 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 the <laughs> only fucking horses. One good movie and he was never heard of again, Gandhi, you know? You leave Gandhi alone. Eric, do you see Aubameyang gone in the summer? Uh, I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance he finds... Uh, <laughs> you know, f- f- finds a good place to, to see out the rest of his career. And, yeah. and one thing I would say is, uh, it sounds like the the problem he's having is very similar. The the Bayern Munich left back Davies has uh, has had similar uh, heart issues uh, following up from, uh, yeah. from COVID. So it sounds like a, it's you know one somewhat of a scary problem. So obviously, hopefully, uh, he he gets over it uh, well. But but two is. Um, you know, I, I, it sounds like it's somewhat common with, with especially with the, the athletes that are pushing themselves uh, to to need time to, to recover. Uh, so so I would say that um, you know, hopefully he's able to integrate back in the squad uh, for the rest of the season. Just uh, if anything, because we need warm bodies uh, at this point. But but two, uh, I think, you know, it, it seems like uh, his time's up. Um, and you know it's too bad the way the way it's sort of fading out, but uh, but I I could definitely see him taking uh, you know a, a move to probably somewhere warmer uh, at the at the end of the season. Yeah, his goal scoring record in fairness since he joined in 2018 has been incredible enough. You know he scored a bag full of goals, but uh, this last season or this season. Um, for, for whatever reason, whether he sees eye to eye with Arteta or not, it, it just hasn't happened for him. I think he scored 10 or 11, was it, last season? And the previous two seasons, he uh, got the goal in the boot for one of them. And the other season, was he was in the mid-20s. So uh, maybe it is the end of his career with us. Um, was there anything, uh, Ursa Red 8, is our football rated right, lads that you'd like to mention before we wrap up? Yeah. yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I, I want to me- mention... The um, all the stick we took for uh, the weekend when we only did what any other club would have done. Uh, I think that'll help us because I think Arteta is um, creating a sage mentality there, and we like that. You know, um, George Graham said nobody likes us anyway. They never did. So, yes, uh, but I mean, there was no there was no noise about Burnley and Leicester being cancelled. There was no noise about Liverpool. There was no noise about anything. You know, in fact, Tottenham were making noise and yet they were the first ones to look for cancellation over COVID. Now, I know we didn't have COVID cases on the bar one, but how many players did we play and overplay when we had five and six COVID cases? We just got on with it, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I, I thought the Gary Neville bit. Now, you see, I, I was beginning to respect him because I, I like his... Um, I like his views on society and social justice and all that type of thing. I think he's an intelligent boy. Um, but I always knew deep down he was a dickhead. And he proved it <laughs> again uh, with his, I should have spoke about this three or four weeks ago. Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Before, before the Premier League started creating conditions that everybody could jump on the bandwagon. That was the Premier League's fault what happened at the weekend. I think every team should, have, should be made play every game regardless. Right? But that can only apply it from the start. You can't change it four weeks later, you know? I mean, in my, in my day, when I was playing for Leeds United there, uh, we used to play in the snow. <laughs> we were, I looked like a snowman in the white jersey there. It was only Billy Bremner's head looked like the orange ball. 
but you know what I'm saying? It's like you've got to, you've got, you've got to say the treatment we got at the weekend um, by by Sky Sports and all of this. In fact, hats off to Mika Richards. He was always an Arsenal fan anyway, um, but he came out and fighting for him uh, in defence of us, as did Ian Wright, um, challenging that. But I just thought it was disgraceful. And, you know, I couldn't give a rat's arse how hard Tottenham were, you know, about yeah. that. Because um, so, if the shoe was on the other foot, Eamon, uh, you know... The Premier League has a problem now, though, because, you see, you can't change now. Having, yeah. set, having set the standards that it's set, very you difficult change, to change yeah. Yeah. The only thing that's going to get the Premier League out of jail on this one is the fact that COVID cases are beginning to know stuff, you know? Yeah. Other than that, they'd be in it. They'd be in shit straight for the rest of the season, you know? There's some backlog of games as well, Eamon, isn't there? there? There's some amount of games. I don't know how. It's, I can see that maybe even going through the summer. Yeah. But, you know, well, if it keeps going the way it's going. I won't go through. No, God, no. No, no, no. Do you not think it'll go into June, no? No, no, no. Not at all. No, not at all. No, no. But, um, see, Burnley aren't in Europe, so they can play any week. Yeah, you know? any week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's only, it's, no, it's only the teams that are in Europe that it caused a problem for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I, I do agree with you, Eamon. The way they jumped on us, and we fulfilled fixtures week in week out when we could have even had them postponed. You know, like when Wolves cancelled against us on on, on the twenty eighth of December. Yeah, on the day of the game. You know, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, a yoga class was noisier. You yeah. know. Yeah, Michael Dawson jumped on the bandwagon on Gillette Soccer Saturday saying uh, Arteta should be disgraced and sound that thing. It's, like, 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 it, it's, it's, it's why they why single out us when every club has had the same problem. And it's as same as Gary Gary Neville saying if this was four weeks ago, you know, like as he's as Eamon said, why didn't he mention this a month ago then if you're so concerned about why wait till Arsenal, you know? Johnny <laughs> come up from the Liverpool game. This is Liverpool. All these false positives. No one was complaining about games being cancelled. They weren't happy about yeah, it. They understood yeah. it. But the men in Liverpool came out and said, oh, we had all these false positives and the game was cancelled. And then after that, that's when the uproar started. Yeah. Now, I'm agreeing with I'm agreeing with Eamon. All the games should have been played ahead. I think we're incredibly lucky that the game was cancelled on Sunday. Um, I'm of the opinion, um, I'm actually kind of annoyed with Arsenal that we're in this position. It's not like Akron was a surprise and came out of the corner that no one knew about. Do you, do you think he should have played the kids, eh, or John, on Sunday? Well, do you think he should have went after her? The way I look at it, Johnny, is you've got a squad of 25, plus you can use as many young players as you want. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. injuries. Yep, Millsborough got three points and got relegated back in the 90s because. Remember were, that, actually, yeah. Against Blackburn, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 But yeah, remember that, yeah. Game point, the EFL and the Premier League have basically made a. And have to do balls of things, and he had no choice but to give Arsenal permission to call the game off. And yeah. considering the game against uh, Brentford at the start of the season, when we had five or six players out injured, coaches galore, players couldn't go training, and the whole world and the grandmother told them to shut the hell up, no one play the game. You know, it's the would hell you, anyone. But should we play through Christmas with four and five COVID cases? You know, exactly, absolutely. So I mean, you can't have one ruling for others and break it for us. It's just because. I think because of Liverpool have come out and basically the whole, laughed at the whole world. Aha, we got the game cancelled because of all these positives. <laughs> can, can I just say, Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Eric. Yeah, what was what was your take on all that, Eric? My my take is the fact that Spurs are so angry makes it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Just to finish just to finish, there was a great thing I don't know whether any of you saw it. It was um 
that uh, Jamie O'Hara. Uh, did you see that oh, one? Yes, you? I that was brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't know whether you saw that or like Jamie O'Hara, the sports player, giving off stink about the Arsenal and somebody, oh, yeah. somebody called Joe just tweeted back saying, well, you were actually at Arsenal's academy, but they opted for Cesc Fabregas instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's rich coming from Jamie or Harry finishing. His, he's playing for Berkeley Town or something in the lower leagues. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. That, that's, yeah. Uh, that, that wraps up a, a, another optimistic uh, show. Um, we're going for an Arsenal all-out win on Thursday and Sunday, so... I'm sure things will go against us in both games. <laughs> As always, um, you can catch our show uh, on SoundCloud and Spotify tonight, as well as all the previous episodes that we've done. Um, of course, you can meet up in the Dublin Arsenal Supporters Club. Uh, For 15 in, minutes. <laughs> in the river. <laughs> you can catch the four scint- scintillating 15 minutes of the Carabao Cup second leg and then get fucked out because there's no crack after 8 o'clock in Dublin anymore uh, <laughs> uh, of course Eamon and John are always there um, so you'll see them for the first 15 minutes I'm sure on Thursday <laughs> and of course Eric when he comes back um, I'd like to thank uh, as always uh, my guests uh, John Melia, Eamon Donnelly and from Stockholm tonight uh, Eric Shadowins so thank you tonight lads for your uh, analysis and participation and, Johnny, and we'll catch you all again, all going well, um, this time next week. So uh, have a good week and enjoy the uh, Carbo Cup second leg. Uh, thanks, thanks Jonathan. Back next week, Johnny. <laughs> thanks, Ernie. Thank <laughs> See you later.